0: Welcome to Hair Blazers, the podcast where we empower you to disrupt the beauty industry, starting with your chair and your salon. You can focus on running your business and tune in here to find out how to keep it moving forward. We hope you'll enjoy today's conversation about why Instagram is still the best platform for your salon and your stylist to be on and simple, actionable steps you can take to drive people into your door in your local community.
1: I'm Roberto Sinopoli, owner of Verde Salon and the Abate Institute Winnipeg.
0: I'm Naomi Brain, I'm the marketing manager for the Verde Salon Group and for the Aveda Institute Winnipeg. And today we're joined by a very special guest. He is the founder of Elevate Hair, the creative director of Neil Corp, a DJ, and Aveda's North American Director of Social Media tatum neal yep.
2: and a libra and my address no, like <laughs> so many titles it's like yeah crazy. whatever else you want
0: to throw in there we're happy to have it
1: welcome tatum great to have you here today thank you for being here with i've us.
2: enjoyed my day with you guys great team great class feeling a little high from it It was,
0: it's was great it's amazing great. yeah great energy in the space totally
2: beautiful space
0: Thanks for being here. Yeah. So I really wanted to start out talking a little bit more about you and your journey in the industry. Because okay, cool. you've had, as we can tell from your list of titles, you've had, <laughs> <laughs> you've, you know, you have a lot of different things that are kind of in your wheelhouse. So I'd love to hear how you got started.
2: Um, well, I mean, so I sort of was born into the industry. So my family has been operating distribution business since the 40s. Uh, My dad had seven kids. Um, We all did our own things. Uh, I think all of us went to college. Yeah, Um, I went to college too. I went to the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, Um, got a degree in environmental policy, and then came back home after school. Did like a little mini internship with the local EPA in North Carolina. Came home and was working with salons on education on how to be more energy efficient, eco-friendly. This was like back in the early 2000s. And in doing so, I just was around a lot of hairdressers. And in college, I'd never had that experience of paying for a haircut. So eventually, I got tired of paying money for cheap haircuts when I could have been using that on beer. And so I just shaved my head, and that was a much better college haircut for me. But when I got home, I could like get my hair done, and then I was coloring it like crazy stuff. So I'm walking in the salons with like purple mohawks and wild stuff. And They're like, no, 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 you. You maybe should be a hairdresser with this
0: whole vibe. This is giving us hairstylist energy. One
2: million percent. I get it. And so I kind of knew I had like a, maybe a little bit of a hair inclination. I cut my girlfriend's hair in college. I just, thank God, I, I knew a little enough to like make sure her hair was wet because I just got a straight razor from like the like the, oh like the drugstore and like gave her a bob, but I couldn't graduate her lair. So we went to her salon and went to her hairstylist to kind of like sort the back out and- her hairdresser was the owner and offered me a job as an intern, and I was maybe gonna get my license and all this thing, and might like, want well, no, know. Caroline is way too hard for that. I can't do both, but I kind of like kept that to myself because my mom was like, oh, "I don't like you in the industry." My dad was like, "You need to do hair," and so it was like this little dark secret, like maybe I could do hair. So this is not. I'm imagining that hairdressing is like small town America behind the chair, and. Seeing it now, like more like a type of art, and my mantra because I minored in fine art in school was like, if I could create social change through art, music, and fashion, like that would be it. Like, how could I do that? So, there was this kind of moment where I was like, okay, I could actually go get this license, and that'd be like my side hustle. Super naive
0: about (laughs) what it would take (laughs) to do a hairdresser, hairdresser. but it seems like these opportunities kept coming up for you. It kept
2: being like the world was like, you should do it, it kept bringing you
0: back. and
2: then I did really well in school. I ended up working for Frederick Fakai in New York afterwards. And then I did most of my time as a hairdresser um, at Nick Orojo Salon, Rojo Studio. And I spent about almost 10 years there. Did his whole, went through his training program. Was one of his platform artists and also his DJ. So he would do shows and I was, I've been DJing since 99. So a DJ came before hair. And so I had this whole like world of like going to hair shows, DJing New York. And right when I was really having a good time, my family drug me back to New Orleans, kicking and screaming. And I was behind the chair and I missed that, that energy of like being in front of a group, teaching and being like more than just behind the chair. So I started Elevate Hair as a concept in the salon that was like just trying to do something like educational with other people. And I thought it was important to sort of get outside of my box, like literally salon across the street, closer than this building is over here. See their clients, I see the staff, I see the building, never been in the door. So I went into the door and I said, Hey, we've got a little jam happening. I'd love for you to come next door to our salon, Paris Parker, and just do some hair and we'll hang out. And we did education. And then one day I made a DJ mix. And I'm like, Okay, let's listen to this. I'm talking. There's like 10 people in the room, no big deal. And I dropped the mix. And I don't remember if the mix was good or not, but what I remember is I did the best hair demo of my life. And I'd done hundreds and hundreds of hair demos. We need to not talk, we just need to have good music on, focus on the hair, and then later, you know, do the talking or not, just like make it about the hair. That started there, five people, 10 people, it grew, it grew, and then we started taking on the road and allowing other people from Houston, Nashville, Toronto, uh, literally all over the country at this point. We go in, we set up a stage, I bring my DJ, or I I DJ, because the music is really important, and just gives people a neutral platform to express themselves and do them. And it's so rewarding. You saw the show in New Orleans. like
0: It was incredible.
2: People put their heart and soul into just that one moment, that one haircut, that one style. And there's really no other opportunity to do that. There's only so many product companies that have platform positions. Yes, we have social media, and that's a great platform for people. But to get in front of the live audience and do hair, there's just not a lot of opportunity. And that's been the most rewarding thing I've ever done is building a community where someone from Aveda, from a Paul Mitchell, from whoever, whatever account can come in and just for one moment, be a hairdresser. And for the audience, they get to see us perform in our like peak moment in the flow. Cause we're not have, we're not bothered by words. We can actually just perform at the highest level. They're going to have fun. The music's fun. They're going to have a few drinks. And what happens in that moment at that elevate only exists in that space and time. So if you're not there, there's no way to recreate it. And there's no way to sort of see it unless you're there
0: and even the energy that the audience brings to the show too it impacts it yeah
2: because it's 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 badass i mean that people are doing really cool stuff that you don't see in the salon and let's be frank like the music is fun yeah you know when you hear juvenile you cannot help but back that ass up you have to
1: (laughs) you have to date them um just to dive a little bit deeper and elevate first off congrats it's obviously uh, really taken off i've had the opportunity to be at a few shows now energy is always great the atmosphere is great the thank crowd you. is great uh, and of course the hair is great music is really good too by the way thank, thank you, you for that thank you for that um tell us what you know at this point in time now your brand is um you know it's really built it's itself it has a following what impact do you believe that elevate has had on our industry
2: um for the show i hear two things one People are so grateful for the opportunity just to be on the stage, have the platform. No one else offers them that. No one. And the other thing I hear is that people are like, this community needed this. There's something about just the nature of salons, brands, competition. We fragment ourselves and deep down inside, we don't crave that. We crave unity and how I think about it is this, if we as a hair community, an international global hair community could somehow form a community cohesively and be together. We could share any message we wanted with the entire world in six to eight weeks.
0: Because everyone gets their hair done. Everyone
2: gets their hair done. There's not a lawyer, a doctor, a school teacher that literally a politician, business person that has that power. We do because literally everyone in the world gets their hair done. So the idea is there and it's tangible we just have to figure out how to bring the community together. And so on a micro level, Winnipeg needs a community event. Uh, you know, Denver, uh, San Francisco, New York, we all need these community events to get together and just kind of drop everything. Hey, let's just be artists tonight. And then we can go back to being in, comp- in competition tomorrow because that's the reality of it. But people really crave that. And, th- and those two things I, I, I wasn't really expecting.
0: Yeah, even you going to that salon across the street that's a boundary that a lot of people don't ever cross. And I think that's such a powerful thing because stylists are building these really deep relationships and connections, especially when somebody has been coming back to see you even a few times, but yeah. you know, people coming back, come back to see their stylist for up to like their entire life. Like that is such a powerful relationship to foster. So Tatum, obviously social media is a big component of Elevate and also a big component of everything you do.
2: And just life. And just mm-hmm. life today, because we're people
0: alive in 2023, sure. exactly. Um, but you really witnessed the transition of the industry to like from pre-social media to today where social media plays such an integral role in success. So yeah. I'd love to hear a little bit about your experience of working behind the chair kind of during that shift.
2: So actually... Uh, Nick Orojo was the first one to kind of really get me plugged into it. He was working with a social media branding company, and this is when Facebook was really the dominant force, and Instagram had just kind of come out. And so he he I was very progressive in acknowledging that very early on. And then when we started Elevate, actually, Garrison, my brother, was like, "Hey, we got to have an Instagram page for this." And somehow Elevate Hair was available. And so he was like, he started the page and put some hair on there. And he's like, you gotta like feed this thing. I'm like, okay, cool. And so I started feeding it. I'm really good friends with Gerard and Randy and the crew from Hairbrained. And they were already doing social media in a big way, much, and they mentored me in a lot of ways. (laughs) like, you know, if I forgot to tag an artist or just something, they would hit me up. Hey, you forgot to tag this artist. Oh, and then I would run and, and tag the artist. And so I just kind of was watching what they were doing, but I was really paying attention to my own insights and analytics. Did this photo do well? Like I like a lot more stuff than we feature on the page. Sometimes it would uh, feature updo maybe that I thought was really cool and it would do terrible. Like people did not like it. And so even though I liked it, I had to go, okay, well it's not doing as well as this mullet. So let me just lean into the mullet. Um, And in doing that, it, it really helped me understand the, you know, that it's not about me, it's about them. It's about the audience. What does the audience want? And then from that, I was able to kind of like figure out things were gonna be cool. Like calling out that bullets were gonna be a thing. Like, I feel like I did that forever ago, like seven years ago. Nailed it. Um, and, and it is, you know? And so like, and it wasn't that I'm like some genius. It's like, I'm just seeing in attention. real time what's happening with like. So just paying attention to the audience Obviously having an eye and appreciating it, you know, working, I got to work with Antoinette Bienders a lot, the, you know, the director, was the great director of Ada, and still like the goddess of, of Aveda, you know, working with her, seeing her refined eye, understanding fashion, working with Nick and seeing his kind of like way he handles shows and aesthetics and then just being plugged into the broader world of hair. It just it really helped me see what was good and what was maybe not good, and then just getting the immediate feedback of the like really helped curate the page. And then leaning into the community, and we were able to grow that page from zero to over 200,000 followers, and I think we'd be at 300,000 today if Instagram didn't change the algorithm back last year in January, where they pivoted immediately to Reels and sort of did whatever.
1: Yeah, and I think that's something, you know, it's great that you mentioned that. I think that that's an excuse a lot of people fall back on. The algorithm is not working for them. It's changed. Um, And it's just a matter, I'm sure you're going to agree, it's just a matter of adapting to it. It is what it is. You're not going to change it. Adapt to it. Figure it out because there's a way to definitely get your message across and your brand across on social regardless.
2: You know technology always changes and people hate change and people are afraid of technology that changes whatever it is about them and so i think that anytime there's a new piece of technology we have this instinct like oh well i'm fine i got here doing what i'm doing why am i going to change and if we're not adapting and removing our ego from where we are then ultimately we're going to die right darwin said it's not the strongest it's It's not the smartest it's the one most adaptable change so yeah you might be sitting on a salon empire You might be big and strong and smart but if you're not adaptable to change it's not going to last and so i think that's where we are with digital media in general and then at a micro level yeah reels are changing you know but i also want to say this like like what does it matter if some i live in new orleans right so if someone in paris france likes my stuff comments on my stuff what is that doing to my wallet zero no one yet maybe one day no one yet has booked a flight from Paris to New Orleans and got a haircut with me, ever, right? So these vanity metrics, the likes that we get we get used to, that's what we're actually searching for. That's very vapid. It's completely shallow. That doesn't pay your bills. You'd be better off, instead of having 300,000 followers, having 300 followers that are actually your clients or people in your community that can like walk in the door and get a service with you. So if you're feeling a kind of way about all oh, the algorithm engagement and stuff like that, just change your mindset. Like, how are you talking to your clients? How are you activating your clients, friends, and family to come into your space? You know, people are like, how do I get new followers? How to get new followers? And every time I say, you want to pick up 30 followers this week, it's going to blow your mind out there. You want to pick up 30 clients, sorry, 30 followers this week, ask your clients to follow you. And everyone's like, oh, right. Yeah. They're like in my chair for an hour. They've got social media. I've got social media, but I'm not. I'm not connecting the dots, like social media is out there. it's It's actually just a way to be social with people who you interact with. you know you used to pick up the phone now you send a DM. It's the same thing. it's just technology. And once you realize that it's just social and media, and if you lean into the social, then you'll have success, then you're gonna have success.
1: you know you talked you just talked about that example where you know here's a way to get more followers. And if people are asking that question, it means they're probably somewhat interested or engaged or want to learn more. Um, But we definitely see, we talk about this a lot. We definitely see some resistance from stylists that don't want to engage in social or don't believe social is the way to go or whatever the reason is for not doing it. That's a huge missed opportunity. That's that's pretty black and white. What do you think are the barriers for stylists to take that step forward and start engaging in social, to be social on, on social media, to help build their business? What are those barriers? What's holding people back?
2: I think, you know, it's newness, it's change. It feels like I said with the salon, like I've I've got a thriving business. I've been doing it here for 20 years. I don't need to do social media. I'm fine, right? So it's sort of a little bit of that naivety and, and arrogance, I think. Um, so I think that's one thing. I think also hairdressers are lazy. Let me rephrase that. I think humans are instinctively lazy, right? We just we just, stick
0: to what's comfortable. We
2: stick to what's comfortable and just like, so there's a little bit of this sort of like ingrained laziness in humans coupled with hairdressers are just kind of like in their own head. They're like hyper creatives. And so like doing something that's outside of their comfort zone that means extra work, you know, oh well, I've got clients coming in, but they're not very, they don't want to be on Instagram, right? So the idea of like finding a new client or finding a model bringing them in get that content, that seems like a bridge too far. I feel well. like as owners and managers in a positive way, you kind of have to push us to do the things that are right for us in a way that's not going to you know, make us feel too negative about you. I relate it to going to the gym. I don't want to go to the gym in the morning. If I've got a trainer, I'm probably pissed at the gym because he's pushing me really hard, but I feel incredible when I leave about myself and about what I did. An hour ago, I had a different story to tell, right? So it's just in our nature not to want to do those things. And sometimes we need to be pushed in that direction. If you don't have someone to push you and you think maybe this conversation is resonating with you, look at it as a form of creative expression. We did a social media class today. Your staff was in here like Steven Spielberg, filming bottles of shampoo and like staging things in themselves. I could tell because we are artists that the creative aspect of it was really rewarding. That's what we like to do. And sometimes we just kind of get in the rut of like paying the bills, gray root touch ups, highlights, trims, you know, the stuff that's important that is paying my mortgage, quite frankly, but it's not feeding my creative soul. And so leveraging social media and content creation as an element to create energy and to feed that part of who you are as an artist, that to me is probably the best motivator, how you extract that, how you push someone in that direction as a manager, I think it's tricky but there is something in them
1: that got them into hair school that wasn't a gray root touch up i promise you you just have to figure it out so i want to add a third one to that sure maybe i can maybe you could give some advice to stylists that are listening to this right now um and the third one because i've had these conversations with stylists is i'm afraid to put myself out there people Mm. are going to critique my work people might have something to say about it that i won't like you know what advice do you have to those stylists who are just maybe too self-conscious or just too afraid to put themselves out there
2: this is extremely common and you know there's a part of it is perfection paralysis and i suffer from that as well where it's like oh it's not good enough you want it to be perfect in a way it's like a form of your art, and you're like i need it to be perfect right um you know i don't think nirvana was thinking about this when they made Nevermind. you know what i mean like there is something right about art that is just immediately and expressive there's something right about that you know what i like people to do is sort of change your mindset about who's the audience and most people in social media don't think about this they're posting and there's no consciousness of like well who cares like why does someone want to look at that photo you're like the crazy person talking to themselves in the street basically right and so what they see in their feed is like beautiful hair that's something that's coming out of hair brand or behind the chair or elevate things that are very high level right So their level of expectation of what's perfect or what's acceptable for social media is extremely high. And they're not doing the time investment to bring in a model to spend an hour taking the picture and spend an hour doing the editing. Like all the work that it takes to get to that level. So they're kind of in this like place where they're like, they don't feel like comfortable enough. The reality is being featured on Elevate or Hairbrained none of that pays the bills. Literally none of that pays the bills. Right? So our focus, our idea is somewhere out there, some sort of like high level, you know, vanity metrics and and exposure to things that don't really matter. Right? What matters is you connecting to your guest, them feeling more connected to you as a human and putting yourself out there as a human. If you make a post and it's not perfect and it gets 30 likes, Who cares? (laughs) There's a billion people on the platform. Do you think literally anyone is cruising around Instagram like trying to find hairdressers that maybe didn't do a perfect photo or didn't do a perfect color so that they control them? Like, come on. There's other. There's bigger fish to fry out there. Like, so check your ego. Check check your perspective a little bit because really all that matters is you connecting to your guests and bringing that guest and her friends and family back into your chair to grow your business. You need three hundred to five hundred followers that can walk in the door. If they don't see it, send them a DM. If they don't think it's good enough, (laughs) if you don't think it's good enough, post again. Miss Betty's level of like comparison for like good versus bad is way beneath ours, right? She doesn't know what hair brand is. Again, don't show Miss Betty elevate hair. Like they don't know what that is. They know you and they know their friends and family they follow on social media. So like no matter what you do, it's going to be all right. Worst case scenario, they don't see it or they cruise past it. The content that's really going to get you a lot of traction are the pictures of you, the, the client duo, which everyone do this, you and your client in front of the salon, those are the photos that are going to pop off. And if you're listening right now, think about your page right now. You're posting all this hair stuff and every once in a while you post an interview anniversary pic of you and your significant other, right? That photo does the best. Why? Cause it's you, they want to see you out there. They no one else you. that they're following is posting other people anyway. They're posting themselves, right? And I'm not saying you have to go and do a song and dance. That's not what I'm saying, but like there needs to be some element in your social media that resonates with your clients. That speaks to who you are. Cause that's why they're in the door. Like as a haircutter, like I focus all my time and energy on the back of the head. Graduation has to be perfect, right? And I'll spend like hours in my whole life. 80% of my time is focused on making the back of the head perfect. And the client literally sees it once for about five seconds every six to eight weeks. And it's the thing I care about the most. So like, what does it actually matter? What does the client really want? They want to connect with you, focus your energy there, and you'll not only find more rewards, you'll find that it's less intimidating, there's less anxiety, and it's easier to create in that space versus, oh, it's got to be perfect and I have to get featured in a magazine. Good luck.
0: And if 30 of your guests like your photo, like that's a win. Crushed. You did a great job. 30 people who actually come and sit in your chair or could come and sit in your chair are enjoying your content. They're getting value out of it.
2: 100%.
0: So one thing that I wanted to ask is what is the biggest missed opportunity for salons on social media versus stylists?
2: I think salons need to start looking at social media handles like they did emails and phone numbers. You know, this is another way to connect to your audience, to your clientele. You used to do, like Solano's used to do these direct mail campaigns, right? And you would maybe, if you had a list, good for you. If you didn't, you'd buy a list, it could cost you a thousand plus dollars. You would create some art, do a photo shoot, that costs money, or maybe you bought some art. You had to pay someone to put it on a postcard. Then you had the list, thousands of dollars. You did the whole production and got it on the postcard, thousands of dollars. Then you had to add the postage, thousands of dollars and the ROI on that if you had 10% return if those cards 10% of them came back into your salon you you Which did would it. be an
0: incredible $1, oh
2: $1, my $1. god like $1, you $1. should write a book yeah you should write a book if that's what you got right so think about all the money that cost and you can straight up just send a dm for free you take a picture of something or someone throw some text in the app just go into stories throw some text on it save the photo post it on your feed and then if miss betty doesn't see it guess what you can do just send her a dm I think we need to look at our clientele and capture that data. And in respect to where they're at, some people are going to be more natively on Facebook. Some people are going to be more natively on Instagram, right? And a lot of people are on TikTok. TikTok's a little harder to monetize in this moment because it's not a social driven algorithm. It's a content driven algorithm. So I can't tell you what's going to go viral. And if you do go viral, I can't guarantee that the people in your local community are going to see that and walk in the door and get a service with you. I can do that with Facebook and Instagram, and I can do that with Google and YouTube. So I would try to capture data, respective of where those people live in the digital space. And then I would just systematize it every day. 10 of my top 100 are on Facebook. I'm checking their pages, liking their content. Congratulations, your son graduated from high school. Normal social human stuff. Normal stuff right? The next day, it's another 10. You cycle through those top 100. For Instagram, the same thing. Cycle through. That would be my one thing. And my secondary thing would be pay attention. We're so quick to give the keys to the car, to the front desk person, and there's no way in how you would let them design your logo, lay out your salon. But what's effectively the face of your business to an entire generation, you're just giving it the chance. You want to know if your your staff is engaging with your team. Here's how you spot check anyone. Go to their discovery page and look at it and take some screenshots. If what you see on their discovery page as a manager isn't your client's hair-related or community-related thing, and it could be the yoga studio next door. Like if it's like dog videos or you know, things that just aren't helping you develop network pathways with the communities that matter to drive people in your door. Say, hey, I love dog videos too. And I do love dog videos. But when you're on the work page, I need for you to really focus on your list of people to connect with or people that are impacted in this community on your private page, dog video all day. And please send me those dog videos on my private page because I love them too, just not on the salon page. And you can change your discovery in like a, like really quick, like you can just do a couple searches, go like some things that are in the community that are hair related and all of a sudden your discovery page changes. A big problem I see is that these owners think that the front desk person is going to fix it and handle it for them, and that's like the biggest mistake you can make.
1: Advice for the salon owner who doesn't have um, who doesn't have someone in place to do that per se, and working behind the chair. You know, I hear a lot. I don't have time for it. I don't have time for social. I love to do it, but I just don't have time. Or Advice, I don't have the budget. Don't have a budget, and that's understandable. You know, that's business. Advice for those people. How do they how do they manage it? Where do you get started? How realistic is it for them?
2: I think, first of all, do a reality check. Go into your your phone settings and you can look and see how much time you're spending. Look on at your screen days. time. Look at your screen time and look at your battery time too. It'll show you how much time you're at. Your screen time is like what's pulling, right? I promise you that Facebook or Instagram is going to be at the top I pro- or TikTok. I promise you. So the idea that you're not on there is not true. Reality is when you get done with work, the idea of, writing a caption <laughs> or like the stuff like you're we're exhausted speaking all day we run out of words literally literally we run out of words the brain can only process so much a day right so i recommend using the apps drafts and now they just came out with the scheduling feature so you can schedule in app which i recommend versus third party um so one day a week you, you know you're just kind of and this is for hairdressers or, or owners but for owners as you ask you know collect photos here's my team working here's me working here's client duo me and miss betty right here's all the stuff i take all week and then on sunday if that's your day off plug in for 30 minutes and then build out post for the week and you can save that in draft okay here's going to do for monday here's what going for tuesday so on and so forth if you're still feeling like you've got some energy that afterwards go ahead and invest a little bit of time into your captions real quick tag the people need to tag doesn't have to be a lot most people don't read your captions anyway but just say something in case they do You don't have to be Shakespeare. Just say something, right? You do that once a week. You build out your drafts or you build out your schedule. And then the other part, because content is not as good as engagement. Engagement is always better than content. You get home, you're exhausted, but you want to cruise Instagram because that's what we like to do. Well, then before you start cruising, you open up your drafts, you hit share. All the tags, all the captions, all the things are there. And then you can hang out and be on Instagram. And that's double wins. One, you got your piece of content out there. Two, when someone likes or engages with your content, you're there to reciprocate. You don't want to post and ghost, right? Because when someone waves to you in the street and you ghost them, pretty rude. And essentially the algorithm works within those same social parameters. So if someone's engaging with you and you're not reciprocating, Instagram's just going to show them other people's stuff that will engage with them. And you're going to lose that eye. So be efficient with your time. Recognize that you're already on Instagram or TikTok or Facebook, whatever the platform is. And then... Just be more efficient about it, you know, and if you're really more Facebook than you are Instagram, well, then just lean into Facebook. You don't have to, you can do infinite things. And I get that too, but I think just creating a little bit of efficiency in your timing, understanding that engagement counts extra way more than just actually posting content and just, you know, just do what you can do what you can. And then if you start to get the rewards, maybe then you can start to budget for someone to do more of this, or you can start to incentivize your staff to create more content so you're not the only one making that content.
0: So if you could get every stylist on any platform, because obviously there's many, many to choose from. it keeps growing, And it keeps growing, exactly. There's more being introduced all the time. What platform do you think has the best impact for them? Uh,
2: I think that really, Instagram still to this day does because you have the most control in the sense that it is is a content, it's not a content-oriented social media platform, it's a social-oriented social media platform. So the algorithm works in the same way that we do, right? So if you and I are friends and we're DMing and you guys are DMing and Instagram knows that, then our content's going to get shared in the discovery page. Just much like if y'all were talking at a bar and I walked up, you would introduce me it works exactly the same so you can really game that but people go to instagram to shop like fashion and beauty the number one number two interest and if you're out there think about it you've bought stuff from instagram so people are literally going to instagram to buy your services that's where they go they don't go to your website If they do hear about you or they maybe see you on Google, the first thing they do is go to your Instagram to see what's the vibe. Do I want to go there? So many people don't even list the city that they're in and their bio. And like people, literally, I've heard people complain that they can't find a hairdresser in their community. They see great hair, but they don't know where they're at and they have a limited time because they've got a kid to find them. There are people out there that are frustrated. They see great hair. They don't know where to get it. And hairdressers are doing a poor job of, getting themselves out there and making it easy for people to shop, right? So Instagram is basically a shopping page. There's no other space where you can really curate your image. Even like Facebook, like you can't really show yourself in the same visual way that Instagram is. It's a photo sharing app. So it, it just works for people who are visual artists. It doesn't matter if you're a tattoo artist, hairdresser, um, baker, landscape architect, like it's this app is for you and you have so much robust control. And the cool thing about it is once you start creating the content you know who's really thirsty for content google google's really thirsty for content so not only do you make sure your google <laughs> things are updated but like posting on google that helps right so you can use the content you generate to not only post on google but also on facebook and also on TikTok. and so you love you master that sort of platform and you get into the behaviors content creation and that content can be shared anywhere so many other places and if instagram goes away people are still going to want to look at stuff on their phones so that behavior that skill set doesn't actually go away you just move it to another platform so if i had to say anything i think instagram just because it does all the behaviors it scratches all the itches and as an artist it's fun it can be fun and it can be very stimulative to you as an artist so that's why i think instagram today in March of 2023 is the platform for you.
0: Well, and especially for service providers, it's definitely more geographically sensitive than something like TikTok or yeah. YouTube, for example.
2: Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And which is just big, right? So I think that's really... And we looked at some of the, you know, searching places, what's around me. Like, it's so it's so easy to plug in and get rewards. People just... They think social media is out there. They don't think about it as social and media. Media is changing, right? It used to be newspaper. Then it was radio. Then it was TV. Now it's the internet. Tomorrow it'll be holograms. That's ever-changing. Social interaction has been the same since we were in the cave as it is today. So lean into that and you'll find more success.
1: Awesome. Tatum. We could keep going here for sure. Um, but I would love to go into like a second interview, maybe down the road, yeah. if you're up to it, one hundred percent, that'd be great. Cause I think we could dive really deep into all these platforms. Would love to get more of your perspective on it. Um, please tell our audience where can they find you, where are you located?
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, y- you can find me on all social media platforms as at Tatum Neal. Um, uh, last name is spelled N E I L L. So a little different. Um, And you can also find Elevate Hair pretty much everywhere. So Elevate Hair, the website, we make tools now. Um, We have shows. Go to our Instagram page. We also have a TikTok. We also have a YouTube. So like we're everywhere. Tatum Neal, Elevate Hair. Um, I'm easy to find. And I'm just a DM away if you've got questions about social media or you want to try to get some sort of Elevate Hair activation, just Hit me up. I'd love to talk to you about it and I'd love to try to work something out. Come to your town and do something fun.
1: Well, speaking of shows, I was going to ask, when can we expect Elevate to come to Winnipeg? I
2: don't know. I need to see some venues and it needs to be a lot warmer.
1: There you go. (laughs) We'll figure that out. We'll figure that out.
0: We'll see you in July. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Perfect.
0: (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much, Tatum.
1: Thank you. Appreciate you being here. Thanks so much. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening. You can find all of Tatum's details in the show notes, and we hope you'll leave us a review, share with your team, and tune in next time.